Hi, welcome to the Vine Life Church Podcast. We're in Boulder, Colorado, and we're following Jesus by staying rooted in His presence, growing in His family, and living on His mission so that hearts are awakened with His awe-inspiring love. In this time of social distancing, we're not currently gathering in person, but we invite you to stream the video from our weekend services online. And if we can help you in any way, reach out to us at vinelife.com. For now, here's a short sermon from last week in Divine Life. Again, thanks for joining us. Well, hey there, friends. Uh, I'm so excited to be with you, and I'm welcomed by uh, my good friend. You know him, John Fitch, um, an amazing Vine Life leader, regional leader uh, for Worship on the Rocks and all kinds of amazing kingdom events that happen in Colorado. Welcome, John. Thanks. It's good to be here. <laughs> We're going to have this conversation today. And uh, we're so excited for you guys to, to be a part. I've known John for, uh, gosh, 15 years. And uh, we have a, time. a rich, rich friendship. And, uh, and we have this plant here that's going to keep us company. So it's going to be a good conversation. Listen, we have been uh, in a series called Rooted. And uh, the idea of the series is this. You know, we're in a, a unique time, and we continue to be in un- a unique time, where... Uh, we are scattered. The saints are scattered all across the region, all across the world. And we don't have the same luxuries to be able to gather in the same ways, to be in the same room, to rely on each other's strength. And what I believe is happening is God is actually taking us deeper into Him. And I really believe what He is doing in this season, in the church, He's teaching us how to drill deep roots uh, down into His living water and His stream. And, and, and we've been talking about this verse from the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 17. He talks about two scenarios, two men. He said, curse is a man who trusts in man, who makes, who makes flesh his strength. And basically, he says, he's like a withering shrub in the desert, right? But then he contrasts it just a bit later in verse 7. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he is like a tree planted by water that sends its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to be the man. I want to be blessed. I want to live my life trusting in God, sending roots down. And, uh, and, and so that's what God is doing. He's teaching us to be rooted in Him. Now, last week, we, we talked specifically about the importance of, of being rooted in the Word of God. When God's Word, when the Scripture comes alive inside of us, it nourishes, it nourishes our innermost being. And, and, this, and the Scripture the, it becomes the plumb line for how we think, where we start to measure our lives against what God says. And that, that is a, the, the baseline for being rooted in God is, is by living our lives according to what he has to say. And and so that's why this week I'm excited because we're going to continue that conversation with a slightly different angle. Um, Because just like we uh, align our lives with God's thoughts, it's really important that we also practice uh, knowing how to discern the difference between God's thoughts and our thoughts. And, And the Apostle Paul would even call this taking every thought captive. And so here's how he says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, He's writing to the Corinthians and he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. Um, it's this really beautiful picture of, of uh, uh, exercising authority in the kingdom of God. And, and this is a, a critical practice in this time. I don't know about you. Um, I don't know about you, John, but I know for me that the last several weeks has been this influx of thoughts of f- coming from every angle. Um, when you're watching the news, when you're on Facebook, when you're talking to neighbors and friends, everybody seems to have a different opinion and a different interpretation uh, and different set of facts as it relates to what we're walking through. And I know for me, that sometimes can feel confusing. It can feel uh, disorienting. Um, and, so, and, and so it's been critical for me and I think for us uh, to be able to pay attention to what are we thinking about and how is that shaping us and how, it is, how is it affecting our rootedness in Christ. And so, so John, I, I would love to hear from you as it, as it relates to our thought life and what do we do in this swarm of uh, this kind of this fog of uh, of thoughts that are uh, swirling all around us? Uh, what has been your experience, and what are some of the keys that you've been walking through uh, as as you try to take every thought captive? Yeah, Luke. Well, I think like in Second Corinthians, it talks about thoughts that wage war against the knowledge of Christ, against the knowledge of who God is. And like our friend Graham Cook says, you know, the way you think about God is the most important thing, you know, most important thought that you'll ever have. So I think the first step is to, you know, when a thought comes into your world is to be real and recognize that there's a thought there, not to try to just avoid it or try to pretend it's not there or run from it or, you know, cover your ears, but to realize I'm having this thought. And um, I think that's the first step. Yeah. And then as you're in tune with who God is for you, you're inviting Christ into your world to then face that thought with you. And pay attention to that thought. Is that thought waging war against what you know to be true about God? Yeah. Or is it in agreement with the way you, uh, who you know God to be? Is it in agreement with your peace and your joy and your confidence in God's provision? Because I'll tell you what, in this season more than ever, places that we've been leaning on yeah. that are being pulled away from us that maybe weren't God uh, are becoming more and more clear and visible to us. So yeah. there's been places where we've been, we've been leaning on our provision, leaning on uh, you know, uh, support from man or a job or you know, any other things you know, that are not just purely the Lord that we're yeah. putting our confidence in. And if those things one day are just starting to become unstable or they're gone or they're, they're changing, is our confidence really on the Lord and has it been there all along? What an amazing opportunity to get recalibrated to make sure that your whole confidence is in the knowledge of who God is for you. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And so one of the things you mentioned was our first step when it comes to even taking thoughts captive is we have to actually notice our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to identify them. And and for some of us, that's a new practice uh, because we can, it's easy to get so used to living our days and everything happens to us and we just shelf it all, go to bed, wake up, and it all comes back. Right. But one of the really critical uh, disciplines for us is, is really a, a, the practice of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to know what we're thinking about. And I think even Bill Johnson says, 
you know, we have to actually think about what we're thinking about sometimes. If we, if we care about our root system, if we care about the nourishment of our lives and staying rooted in God, um, as believers, um, part of taking every thought captive is not just letting our thoughts happen to us, but we get to seize them and ask questions about them and see what God has to say about them. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, we have to, part of that is separating yourself from that thought for a moment, realizing not everything that's going through my mind is my thought, is coming from me. It's something that I automatically have to hold and keep and allow to carry space. So as we, you know, invite Christ to stand with us, to face those thoughts, what we're doing is recognizing each thought that's coming through the airwave at us and hopefully recognizing at its inception when it's just a seed of a thought, just an inkling of a thought. Recognize those thoughts early on and try to find what the source is of that thought. Where is that seed of thought originating from? What source, what plant, what grounds, what land is that seed coming from? Because if you entertain it and if you get a belief and if you come into agreement with it, you're allowing the seed to be planted into the soil of yes. your heart. Yes. And then the longer you entertain that seed, the bigger that plant's going to grow. And some of us, I think, including myself, have allowed some seeds at times to grow up into these big plants of fear, and anxiety, and worry. And God's saying, why are you allowing that seed to grow up in you and produce that fruit in you? That is not righteous fruit. That is not heavenly fruit. Right. That is a seed that was originated from the enemy, but we embraced it because there might have been some reality around it or something that makes us not be able to dismiss it. So we like, well, I better hold on to this worry. I better hold on to this thought before we know what we're feeding that thing. And it can become, become bigger than the reality of heaven in us, which is not a good place to be. No, that's absolutely not. So I'd love to hear um, what this looks like for you, but just to recap, now, so we start with uh, we start with noticing, uh, actually paying attention to, and even cataloging our thoughts. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. Um, but really, the the next step um, there's a couple things I heard from you. First of all, is after we notice, we invite, we invite God. We we're not in this by ourselves. It's not just us taking our thoughts captive. That's we're right. we're inviting our thoughts to introduce them to the lordship of Jesus, mm-hmm. saying God has something to say about you. And so we invite the Holy Spirit because we don't know what to do with all of our thoughts. So yeah. sometimes I don't know what to do with my thoughts. I don't know what's for me or what's from... And that's the good the news. Enemy. You don't have to face your <laughs> thoughts alone. You can invite God yes. to stand right next to you as your protector to stare down those thoughts and figure out what you're going to do with them. That's so good. So we notice, we invite uh, the Holy Spirit. And then you said, uh, um, we identify the source. And so sometimes we don't know where thoughts are coming from. We invite God. To, to illuminate uh, illuminate our thoughts and our thinking uh, because every thought has a source. Every thought has, has its own root system, so to speak. It came from somewhere. And that's where, uh, that's where we need the wisdom of God to know, um, is this a thought worth keeping or is this a thought worth throwing away, right? Mm-hmm. So, John, t- tell me a little bit about... Um, uh, a moment in time that this has played out for you walking through these steps? Well, I'll tell you what, years ago, some of you remember this story who've been around for a while, but we took a trip to Brazil. And uh, one of those days we were asked, do you want to go into one of the most war-torn ghettos in the whole city where there's going to be drug deals happening and there's killing happening, all kinds of stuff. 
and it could be it could be dangerous. Do you want to go there and minister and bring the light of God in that place? Yeah. And uh, so we agreed to go in, and um, uh, Luke was there with me, and we were in the vans headed towards this dark place. And there's a million places your mind can start racing going into that kind of environment. You don't know what you're going into, what you're going to encounter, what you're going to see. And so I remember heading into that place and realizing my mission is to not be overcome by this atmosphere, but to overcome it with heaven. Come on. So in order for me to do that, I need to be so surrounded with heaven that I'm untouchable in this atmosphere, that I am bringing something greater than this atmosphere with me, that I'm bringing the light of God. So I put in earphones, I put in some of my favorite worship music, Heidi Baker, Kevin Prosh music, and I just started listening to it until the frequency of that music, that truth, that life, that glory, that goodness was vibrating through my whole being. So when I showed up at the ghetto, I was smiling. I was feeling confidence from the Lord, not my own, but the Lord giving me confidence and boldness. And uh, just walking in there with a sense of, I'm on a mission. There's always purpose through any season that God has you in to be on a mission to bring heaven to earth, to bring heaven into atmospheres where people are experiencing levels of hell. And in that moment, it was these folks in the ghetto that had been in a war-torn area. Um, Some of them had been up for days on drugs. Some of them were unstable. Some of them were you know, you name it, addicted, you know, having all kinds of issues. And we're bringing in a different atmosphere. Yeah. So I just remember going in there with this sense and this confidence that God wanted to shine light in, the, in this extreme place of darkness. Yeah. And he ended up showing up. We, we saw countless people come to the Lord and, and drug dealers, you know, yeah. crying and giving their lives to the Lord, uh, you know, even in the short hour that we were there. I saw miraculous things happen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was an amazing story. I was there, like you said, uh, my wife and I were there. We actually had our uh, our oldest son there at the time. He was a year and a half years old, and uh, and I remember as we were preparing to go into the ghetto, we were told like, "Hey, this you don't have to go. This you know this is not the friendliest neighborhood in town. Um, we don't know what to expect." And I remember there was a lot of thoughts at that point in time. Here's what could happen. There's a reality here. We're not going to do something stupid. Um, but, you know, we were partnered with the pastor in the area that knew that, you know, the, the leaders of the area. We, there were some things that had happened preparatory-wise that, um, that, that filled us with confidence. And then, but honestly, just like you said, we started evaluating, here's our thoughts in the flesh, but, but God, this is what you've called us to be in this, uh, to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. And it's not what everyone's supposed to do, but we just felt like there was an invitation to surrender our thoughts mm-hmm. to the obedience of mm-hmm. Of Christ, and so, and it was like you said, it was an amazing time. And I love what you what you just referenced, though, too, of what happens when we walk in obedience, when we walk uh, in the fear of the Lord, but we sur- surrender our thoughts to Him. Him, what actually happens is it it has this reverse effect on the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear more about that because I, I do believe that we're in a time right now where. We have a choice. We have a decision to make. We can either allow ourselves to be affected by the atmosphere that is encroaching all around us, and you know some are even drowning in this sense of ambient fear and anxiety, or we can be the kind of people who, who walk with the Lord, who know the heart of God. We're not stupid. We walk in common sense, but... We also shift atmospheres in our neighborhood 
in our workplace and, and the, the places around us. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything more to share on that, John? Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, beyond just taking every single thought captive, the way that you transform those battles to become more impervious to those little thoughts is to be so planted deep in the rivers of God, just like that scripture talked about, where even if there's a desert season or a dry season, that we're planted so deeply that we are pulling up the waters, the rivers, and water can refer to the word of God in scripture. Yes, so yes. we're pu pulling up the truth of God into our core. And it says that, you know, even scientifically, that the average tree, an average sized tree, will pull up water and release 11 uh, million, I think it's 11 million gallons of water throughout the year to, to trees all around them. So we're actually so planted in the truth of who God is that even in a season that feels like a drought, yeah. we can release the atmosphere of heaven, release nourishment that can nourish other people that don't know how to get their roots deep into God so that they are, they are feeding off of the life of God by being around us. Yeah. And that is an amazing call of the church right now is to be the ones that are setting the precedent of joy and hope and life in the midst of uh, an, a time where there might not yeah. be a lot of that available on the news right. or, you know, with circumstances. But we can bring hope and life and goodness, you know, yeah. and God's with us and will empower you. And as you get excited about that mission and you get on that mission, our, our action will attract the favor and the empowerment of God to support us on that mission. Mm -hmm. So what I have to say is, Stay on mission in this time. Remember who you are and what your calling is. And don't get dissuaded by all the distractions. You have a mission to do, Come on. which is to bring a greater kingdom to from heaven to earth and to invade dark, despairing times with the promises and the goodness of God. And you can do that with your words. You can do that, that you know, with the encouragement, with your support. There's so many ways that you can support those around you. Get on mission. Because if yeah. you're just idle sitting back in a corner, then that's when you become even more Come on. Um, susceptible to fears coming at you. But when you're on mission and seeing even at this time people touched, um, like that is where you'll stay alive. Yeah. Um, I've been having old friends call me that uh, I used to know from down in Denver that are not, they've never been Christians. They've been in new age. They're people that I knew from years ago. They've been calling me, asking me for help with their depression, with, you know, getting free from witchcraft, with getting uh, free from spiritual bondage. And they're finding safety and truth in Jesus for the first time wow. right now in this season. So God can use you. He can use everything that he's been planting in you. God plants his truth in you for such a time as this. So do not let this opportunity pass you by without taking action to release um, heaven all around you. This especially is the time to do that. This is awesome. So uh, I'm going to have you pray for us in a second, John, but I just want to recap this. Again, this practice, this skill of taking thoughts captive, it's not going to just happen. It's something we actually have to work on. And we've identified a few of these keys, um, you know, to first of all, notice. See, for me, if I'm walking through, uh, going throughout my day and I notice, uh, gosh, some frustration or some anger or an attitude of some sort, I, I stop. And then again, uh, I've learned to, uh, to invite God into that. What is happening? What do you have to say about this? I identify the source. Is this coming from a belief system? Is this coming from any other bad news that I'm believing in my life? Is there a lie here that God wants to expose? Then ultimately, you know, we come to this decision point. Uh, like John say, we, we, we can either, uh, we can either uh, empower that thought 
uh, and entertain that thought, or um, or we can choose to invite the good news of Jesus, his thoughts, the thoughts of the Father, the thoughts of heaven, to come replace that thought entirely. And th- th- there's, a, there's a cycle of doing that. And I just want to encourage you, if you've if you haven't been in that practice, just take a moment, even even tonight or, or tomorrow morning, when you first get up before anybody else gets out of bed, sit alone for 10 minutes and review your day and just begin to catalog, God, what has been consuming my heart hmm. and my mind? And just write, you just start naming those things, write them down, and then invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to, to, see, those, to see those thoughts. And then... Uh, Ask God to show you what the source of those thoughts are. Are those from God or are those from somebody else? Is that from fear or anxiety? And then ultimately, you know, let, let God show you what thoughts he wants to transform. And I'm telling you guys, this is, this is the way of the kingdom. This is the way of staying in step with Jesus. It's repenting and believing. And like John said, I just believe this is our greatest work right now is staying rooted in God, shifting the atmospheres because that is what it's like to be uh, participants in the kingdom of God. So, John, would you lead us in a prayer today? Would you pray for us mm. together? And if, if you're watching this from home or wherever you are, I you know just do the thing. Put your arms out if you've never done that. I know it sounds weird, but it's like you're receiving something. Yeah. Um, you can even do the whole televangelist thing. Just stretch your arm, your hands out towards the TV. Um, just, just whatever you need to do. But I just believe that God wants to to meet you uh, today. Yeah. So Lord, we just uh, we come before you and we acknowledge that we have a lot of thoughts. Many of them are hard to handle. But right now, together, corporately, we just confess and repent for any thoughts any seeds of thought that have come from a dark place, that have come from the enemy, that we've allowed to take root and grow up inside of us. And we just pull those out and cast them out in Jesus' name. We say they have no place in our thinking. They have no place in our mind. They have no place in our future. And right now, God, we now accept and trade those lies in, God, for your realities, your truth, God. Lord, we acknowledge that we will stand by what we know to be true about you. And that is that you're good, that you're our protector, that you're with us, that we're never alone, that you have good things in mind for us, God, that you have provision covering, Lord, uh, everything that we need. Lord, in store for us, that the storehouses of heaven are there and pouring out from, uh, uh, for us. And we activate our faith to say yes to the reality of heaven, Lord. And we refuse the reality and the thoughts of hell Thank in you, Jesus' name. And I actually right now just release faith to put uh, our, our watchers and our viewers back on mission, to be on mission to say, I will do the will of Thank God you, in Jesus. my life. I will not only just stand by and hunker down until this thing passes, but I will stay on mission to love people, to send people texts, to to make encouraging phone calls, to when people come up in my spirit that need to be reached out to, that I'm going to respond to that in faith and be the one that steps out and, and speaks life into them, that speaks hope into their lives. I just pray that you would put us on mission to be the church, to be who we are made to be, who who we've been prepared to be for such a time as this, God. So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, against, I just bind a spirit of anxiety and fear. We pray that you'd bind that up and throw it out of people's hearts and minds right now, that you would feel that lift as you're watching and praying, that you would feel the life of God as that thing is thrown out and space is opened up, that now the life of heaven 
would flow through you, that the Thank waters you, of heaven would, would, would uh, be pulled up inside of you, that your roots would go deep, and that you'd be able to pull up um, just those deep streams of living water from the throne of God that are nourishing, that make your heart come alive, that remind you who you are, that make you smile, that make you feel uh, <laughs> young and alive again and, and f- like a fruitful vineyard on a hill, and that you would be fully alive and that you'd know that God has fully taken care of you, mm. that there would not be a shadow of doubt in your mind that God sees every single thing going on in your life and he cares and he's there with you. You are not alone. Yeah. So we just speak the reality of heaven on your mind, on your thought, and in your heart, and even in your body, that you would be ministered to through and through by the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen.